There is no other podcast like this, so proceed with caution as we challenge your beliefs by providing the forbidden information kept away from you and your family by modern medicine so they can keep you on the path of drugs for anything and drugs for everything. Hundreds of years of preventative medicine have been destroyed by Big Pharma. We're in the dark ages of true healing. After all, it's not just about living long, it's about living well. If your continuing search for answers has led you nowhere, you will find the truth here on the Forbidden Doctor Podcast. Now prepare to have your consciousness explode into the next evolutionary stage of human existence with your hosts, Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. Stockwell. Hey everybody, we're back. This is Dr. Jack Stockwell and Mary of the Forbidden Doctor Podcast. And we're here with part two of the Forbidden Pain Remedy. Yes, talking about NUCA. Talking about NUCA, N-U-C-C-A, that stands for National Upper Cervical Chiropractic Association. It was formed in 1965, incorporated in the state of Michigan, and tied up with the University of Toledo's Human Spinal Biomechanics Laboratory, where most of the research has occurred ever since. But it's still forbidden. Well, it is. It's, it's it's even downplayed within the chiropractic community because of its effectiveness and what it exposes about the chiropractic industry as a whole. I'll say that on this podcast because there is a reputation that goes with a lot of chiropractic. Once you start, you have to do it the rest of your life kind of stuff. It's like the old joke that says, how many chiropractors does it take to change a light bulb? Only one, but he has to come back a hundred times. <laughs> uh, chiropractic has done that to itself. Yeah, you don't do that. No, 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 no. That's unnecessary. It's completely unnecessary. You find out what's wrong with the spine, you fix it, you maintain it just a little bit till it starts to hold on its own, and then you don't have to do anything maybe once a year if you have to do it that much. As you're always saying, would you go back to the same dentist for the same tooth over and over again? No, if you had a toothache and he kept saying, well, let's, let's try it again next week. Well, let's yeah. try it again next week. How long well, would you, you do that? Well, you just see him a few times. In fact, we have a running joke. Well, you have a running joke where, you know, the staff and everybody says, you only have to see Jack a few times and you get what you came for. And then we always tend to call you Jesus and, you know, you bring the sight back and the hearing back and all those things. But you always say, no, Jesus can do it in one correction. I sometimes need three or four. Yeah, well, all right. <laughs> all right. But I want to tell you something that's really forbidden, and that was a lady... Um, that was a patient of yours. Yes. She was a RN, reg registered nurse at Primary Children's Hospital. In Salt Lake City. Here in Salt Lake. And she would she worked in the seizure department. I don't know if they have... The neurological. Yeah. The, neur the, oh, the neurology at the Children's Hospital. And she would refer patients, little kids, she would refer them to you when they had seizures, especially before they got their nerves cut to try and stop these seizures. Yeah, before they would do a craniotomy or something like this to go inside the brain and actually remove parts of the brain because their seizure activity was not responding to drugs. Yeah. She would pull the parents aside and say, hey, uh, I'm going to give you a number <laughs> and you got to go call it, but you got to be quiet about it. <laughs> and they would call and, you know, it it's... So non-evasive. I mean, you can't hurt them. And why not try this before you get your nerves cut? Well, one day, a parent lost your number and called the hospital and said, hey, can you give me the phone number of that chiropractor <laughs> that, fixes, that stops seizures? 
Yes. And they marched right. They said, hold on a moment. (laughs) And they marched right to her on the floor and fired her on the spot and said, get out of here. Yeah. In the hallway. In the hallway of the hospital while she was on duty. Even though we have helped many, many children stop seizing simply by the spinal correction at the top of the spine that we talked about and addressed quite a bit in the in the part one of this series. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and jump in and tell you about some other incredible stories. Oh, one other one was that people get confused. Oh, yeah. With this, uh, There was this lady that I was consulting with. This is some time ago because I refer to myself as an upper cervical doctor, meaning the upper part of the neck. Mm-hmm cervix is Latin for neck. And she came to me for a second opinion on whether or not she should have her uterus removed because she had stage four dysplasia of the cervical tissue. And she found out I was an upper cervical doctor. (laughs) And I said, sweetheart, (laughs) I'm on the other end of the body. (laughs) Upper cervical, meaning the upper neck, meaning the top structure yeah. At the very base of the skull, the top of the neck, not the neck of the uterus. So don't confuse so the she, cervical. She was embarrassed. Cervix. I was embarrassed that, that <laughs> somehow she got past my staff <laughs> because she wanted to make sure I was an upper cervical doctor before she came in. I just had a uh, one of our patients text me this morning and was saying, what do you know about restless legs? What causes it? And I said, well, it can be a, a misalignment or a lack of tissue calcium in your body. And she said, well, it's when my husband drives for a long time and then he gets really bad restless legs. And I said, well, that's probably a misalignment. Yeah, because there's people who drive for a long time all the time who don't Don't get get restless legs. Yeah. And um, we have really good success with restless legs. It's actually embarrassingly easy. Well, it is embarrassingly easy. And he sits in a certain position when he's driving that exerts certain pressure in the lower part of the spine on nerve roots that go into the legs that cause them to become hyperactive. That's all yeah. there is to it. And then the leg starts jumping and, twi- and twitching. And I think uh, the malnutrition area there as well, good tissue calcium, as opposed to serum, serum calcium. Tissue calcium yeah. is different than serum calcium. Just because your blood test says you have a certain amount of calcium in the blood doesn't mean it's in the tissues. Right, and that's, that's a problem we often have to deal with. And yes. Have a, a really good supplement to help that. But she said to me, well, he doesn't have backaches or migraines, so he doesn't need a chiropractor. Yeah, see, that's... <laughs> yeah, and, and that just, it just blew my mind because this, this has been a patient of mine. He, her husband hasn't been a patient of the clinic at all, but it blew my mind that she didn't understand this concept. And, you know, we don't probably do as good a job as we should educating because we have so many people go through there. That's the reason for these podcasts. But um, bones hold us up, and that's very important. But our nervous system gives us life. I couldn't say it better than that. When you think of how vital this nerve tissue is, number one, you have to feed it correctly. And that's where your work comes in. Mm -hmm. It's the proper nutrition, the proper micronutrients that the nervous system needs. Fat. And the things, uh, fat, (laughs) and the things it doesn't need, sugar. Right. And the relationship, even just they're beginning to discover now the relationship between sugar and Alzheimer's for Pete's sake. And the beta amyloid protein that's produced by this, uh, but that's subject. That's another, that's story. another show. I, I was just thinking of a million things. That's another show. But I, I want to jump back to this other di- idea. But that's what I told her. I said, Jack <clears throat> is more as maybe not more, but as much a nerve doctor as he is a bone doctor. 
So I would have never thought to bring my son into a chiropractor because he couldn't tell the le- he couldn't learn to read. I would have ne- it would yes. never cross my mind. Besides, that's why I that's why I see yeah. kids with seizures. Yeah, I see kids with earaches. Yeah, I see kids with constant colds and flu symptoms. I see kids with failure to thrive. And something here's another forbidden thing: chiropractic wasn't born out of a headache and back pain. I know. Chiropractic was born in 1895 in Davenport, Iowa by a fellow uh, that was known as a a magnetic healer because they knew over a hundred years ago that magnets had an incredible ability to decrease inflammation inside the body. The Russians, the Japanese, the Italians have done wonderful research in this. There's a company out there called Nikon, I think is what it's called, and they have these little magnet bands Mm -hmm. or magnets for the bed or for the belt. Yeah. Yeah, because it decreases inflammation. Well, a lot of medical doctors of the day were known as magnetic healers. They were also known as bone setters. And bone setters weren't setting broken bones. They knew back then the position of the bones in the spine affected how the body responded to just normal stress patterns or, or normal day-to-day life. And, and a spine that was twisted, that person's health would be subject to some kind of limitation to the degree of that twisting. And so once they discovered this, and started making these corrections, and the first chiropractic adjustment to Harvey Lillard returned Harvey's hearing, and he'd been stone deaf for 17 years. And so uh, Dr. Palmer, that made this discovery, uh, released press release release. to major newspapers in the Midwest, Cure for Deafness Discovered (laughs) in Davenport, Iowa. You've helped people with their hearing a I lot. Ha- I definitely have helped hearing. <laughs> but this was astounding. But this was astounding for that day. So people throughout the Midwest, came, deaf people, came flocking to Davenport to have their hearing restored. And years later on, another decade, two decades, as Dr. Palmer's writing in his memoirs, you know, I don't think I ever cured another single case of deafness. But I would work on these people, and I would find out where they were misaligned, and I would correct the misalignment, and they would go home. And I would get these letters. I'm still deaf, but my migraines went away. Mm -hmm. I'm still deaf, but my shingles went away. (laughs) I'm still deaf, but my diarrhea or my constipation. My restless Uh, legs. My wife is still deaf, but suddenly we're having babies all over the place. (laughs) All these incredible things started to happen. You could be sued for that. Well, yes. I, I, well, we're known in our clinic for that very thing. Oh, for There's a bunch of little jacks running around all over the place out there. Uh, And jackies. uh, And and jackies, because they've named their kids after us, (laughs) because we were able to finally help them to conceive, because it was a, a, a nervous system dysfunction that wouldn't allow conception to take place. The point I'm trying to make here is that chiropractic was in its earliest days known as an immune system enhancement. If you got adjustments from your chiropractor, you didn't get sick. Or if you were sick, you wouldn't be sick anymore. And about the time of 1918, when the Spanish flu showed up, that was the real shining moment for chiropractic across this nation. Because people who went to their chiropractors did not get the Spanish flu. Those who went after medicines died from it. And it became so well known that if you went to a chiropractor, you could survive the Spanish flu in, uh, epidemic. That's when state legislators started licensing chiropractic at, 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 right after World War I was over with. Just all across the country, about half the states in a matter of two or three years passed legislation to license chiropractors. Wasn't it illegal? Well, at this, what illegal? 
chiropractic. No, no, it, it was unregulated. No, I and thought so it the was minute illegal for it, well, a few the minute years. it became licensed by state law, the state law would say what you could do, and one of the things you couldn't do, which is still true today, you can't practice medicine. You want to practice medicine, you go to medical school. Well, chiropractors don't practice medicine, but chiropractors became so popular back then that the AMA, which was originally formulated or originally came together to stop homeopathy. Because the homeopaths were everywhere getting people well. And so the AMA was formed to uh, prosecute, persecute, and then prosecute homeopaths because they were such a big competition to medicine. And Morris Fishbein, who was one of the leaders of this big movement, then turned that vehemence from homeopaths to chiropractors. And then chiropractors started going to jail left and right for practicing medicine without a license. Well, they weren't practicing medicine. They were working on the spine to get the spine back into proper position so that people who were having gallbladder problems didn't have them anymore. People who were having problems with MS didn't have it anymore. People with early symptoms of Parkinson's, people who were having seizures, people who were having blood problems and disorders, all these things going on disappeared after their chiropractic adjustments. So the medical doctors were wait a second, this is, this is a battle for turf here. This has nothing to do with science. It's a battle for who's going to control the health uh, arena. And so chiropractic sh- just shone as bright as the sun in those days. Uh, when I went to school, there's these pictures from the 1920s, 1930s, hanging on the walls of people uh, dressed up in their Sunday best outside of the city jail, and there'd be a hundred or two hundred of them out there holding up signs, "Give us back our chiropractors!" Give us. Well, there are chiropractors who spent years in jail. Oh. It depends on what part of the country this happened in, as to how strong the medical community was, as to how strong they could stop chiropractic. And chiropractic, you know, if there wasn't anything to it, it would never have lasted. Yeah, it would have burned out a long time ago. So there's different theories and ideas and science-backed uh, research inside of chiropractic that has led different people, men and women, to different specialties inside of chiropractic. I have picked the atlas <laughs> because imagine, imagine for one second if there was one bone that you could adjust in the spine that would bring everything else back into balance. It would level the shoulders, level the hips, untwist the spine, straighten up the spine, bring the head back on the shoulders, and allow the head to turn both directions as far as they're supposed to with one bone. I was fascinated with that when I went to chiropractic school. I said hooey, hogwash, and some other words, and I looked at it in a sense to disprove it in all my arrogance, not knowing anything about the spine and the central nervous system, because I was in my first semester. But as I began to learn this stuff, I just sucked it up like a dry sponge in water. I was so fascinated with the function of the nervous system. And then when I found out about upper cervical chiropractic, and in particular NUCA, N-U-C-C-A, N-U-C-C-A.org can give you more information. And then I went on for board certification inside of that, which is a very difficult thing to achieve. There's only 27 of you. Well, there's only 18 of us in practice. Only 27 in the whole e- world. who ever got board certification. There's only 18 of us in practice. I'm about the only one from the Mississippi River to California. I'm so proud of you, baby. Well, thank you. Thank you. And But it's the only board certification in all of healthcare I know of that's based on performance. 
Most board certifications are based on attending conferences, taking tests, Mm -hmm. passing these tests so that you can become a board certified specialist in pediatrics or nephrology or endocrinology or something. But most of them you don't have to show proficiency. But you don't have to prove that you can do what you say you can do. NUCA certification, you have to prove it. You have to demonstrate it through pre and post films that you can actually correct spines, not just one here and there, but several of them in a row. And it took me 12 years from the time I started to the time I finally achieved board certification five years ago uh, to, to get that done. Yeah, it's really powerful. Like I said before, you're as much a nerve doctor, if not more a nerve doctor, because there's a lot more nerves than there are bones in the body. And as, as far as they can estimate, about $27 trillion going through your brain stem. Mm-hmm. So a misalignment, a teeny little, as teeny as a hair, you don't know what that could cause yeah. in your body. The outward is a pain, low back pain, low sciatica, maybe some stiffness, a hitch in your get along. But what's it doing to the internal organs? Yeah. How much is your heart suffering because of this? Yeah. So, you know, I had been to a cardiologist for about 15 years before I met you. Oh, that's right. Off and on. That's right. I remember this. Yeah, this is a long time ago. We forget these things. And I was having arrhythmias to where, you know, I would, I would, faint. I mean, I wouldn't faint outright, but I would like slump down in my chair if I was sitting. My heart would stop. You I could would... die from an arrhythmia. Can Yeah, I suppose. And yeah, because that the arrhythmia is where it's just fluttering well, and what... it's not pumping blood correctly. Well, yes, and that's what mine was doing. My valve wasn't closing properly. Yes. And so blood was rushing back into my heart yes. and getting it offbeat. It was, it was finally diagnosed as mitral valve prolapse. Many people have it. And I did all the tests. I spun upside down with all that horrible dye in my body yeah. and wore the vest for 24 hours trying to catch it because it didn't happen all the time. But, you know, on a bad day, I'd have seven or eight really bad ones. And I was I was considering not driving anymore because it scared me with my kids, you know, driving around. And I didn't know one of these days I might just pass out. It was, you know, fairly serious. It wasn't a terrible inconvenience in my life. And I Finally, when I got diagnosed, the cardiologist gave me some panic pills. And I said, well, I don't panic. Panic pills. Well, that's what he called them. I don't know what they were. And I was like, I don't, I don't panic. I mean, I have, I have a lot of problems, but I don't panic. <laughs> I don't know. I took them for about three days. And I was like, screw this. No, I didn't do that anymore. I just mostly didn't remember. But, <laughs> but I don't think it would have done much. But anyway, so I just forgot about it and just went on, let alone all the other health problems I had when I met you. So you, you were going to correct me after we got married and everything. And I was like, I don't hurt though. I don't hurt anywhere. I don't have migraines. Right. I don't have low back pain. I just grinned. I don't hurt at all. And I'm like, I'm not out of a line. I know I feel really aligned. I feel great. You know, don't fix it if it ain't broken type thing. Right. So you went in and x-rayed me and it was hilarious. You said I had a misalignment on top of a misalignment. Yeah, I was, you had a jammed up neck. I was jammed in there and it was a very difficult alignment to fix. Yes. Um, and it's still rather delicate. You have to be careful, you know. But anyway, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you take these pre-x-rays and then you you analyze them and then you corrected me and then you took post-x-rays and you were like eureka you know you you were just all arrogant and (laughs) (laughs) for once and well you after you corrected me i was like i mean it's so gentle i was like this is what you do for a living (laughs) 
I'm like, you know, is this moral? I remember that. Is this moral? Is I mean, this- truly, this you didn't do anything. I wasn't in pain before. I'm not in pain now. You didn't do anything. It was like as much pressure as it takes to dent, per- dent a small, uh, I mean, a, a fresh marshmallow. Yes. So I, I just got up and I'm like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I don't know how he charges money for this, but whatever. And I just kind of went on. I was like, you, you didn't do anything. And you didn't say, you know, you were just kind of chuckling to yourself. And then about two months later, three months later, I'm not sure where it was in there. I, I said to you, I don't remember the last arrhythmia I've had. Mm-hmm. Because you don't notice when you don't have them. Yes. And so... You very arrogantly said, well, <laughs> I got the nerve innervation going to your heart immediately, but it took a couple months for your heart muscle to heal, which would be the valve in my in Yes, my not instance. the muscle, but the valve. Yes. And the supporting structures of yes. the valve. And so try telling my cardiologist that a chiropractor got rid of my mitral valve prolapse. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I mean... There'll be, be, be an interrupt in that logical <laughs> path in their mind, believe me. So, you know, I don't know that that had been life-threatening, the arrhythmia you say it could have been, but um, it was, you know, a little inconvenience there. But then other things went away, menstrual problems that I was having, some, some other um, rashy things I was having went away. And then this kind of feeling of well-being... I don't, I don't know what it was, but it just came over me. And I don't notice it now because I've had it so long, but that's, and I don't know, maybe it's just marrying you. I don't know, but it was, it was really a nice thing. And, and so I realized you are, you don't just fix structure. You don't just untwist those hips so you get rid of low back pain. You don't just untwist the knees so you don't have to have that knee surgery, which, by the way, is the most canceled surgery in our office. Absolutely. Is knee surgery. You fixed your knee without... you Both re- of them. Yeah, both of them. But one, I was a witness to where you tried to be Arnold, Arnold Palmer and you did a huge swing and ripped out the meniscus in your knee and went and got an MRI and they said, you have to have surgery. And you were like hogwash. And so you stayed in a line. You got checked every single week. We fed you with a tremendous amount of, you know, um, nutrition, Ligaplex. Yes, that would support the regrowth of the meniscus. Yes. And in about two years, you were completely out of pain. Now, you hobbled around on crutches for a few weeks, and then you limped for a couple of months, but you just refused to get surgery. Yes. And then you were out of pain. You were maybe out of pain that first year. I don't know. I think so. But two years, it was... It's, it's completely healed. Yeah, without surgery. So I would have never come to you for my mitral valve prolapse ever in a million years. So this is the forbidden information we're getting out there. Even if you go get corrected, as we call it, from a NUCA doctor, it doesn't have to be Jack, but somewhere, and you don't feel anything, if the pre and the post x-ray shows that they release nerve compression in your neck and straightened you back up, you don't know what you prevented. Liver cancer? ovarian cysts. I mean, I mean, you know, depression. We have patients that are super depressed. Some of us are suicidal. We have patients who are suicidal when they lose their correction. When they're in in alignment, Mm -hmm. they're just like the rest of us, a little crazy, but they're not suicidal. Yeah. So that's, that's what I, the forbidden information I wanted to get across in this NUCA podcast to explain NUCA is that it, it is so much more than just straightening out the structure. And you don't have to wait till you have a back pain or you have a migraine. I love that. I love that when I'm taking care of a spouse 
and they're just thrilled with the response they got. And I said, well, are you married? Because if you're not coming here anymore, you got to replace yourself or I got to close the doors. <laughs> oh, I got a spouse, but he doesn't hurt. I know. And I said, well, then I've done a poor job of educating you. Yes. Because I never see anybody over the age of 10 years old who's not misaligned. By the time they're done with first, second, third, fourth grade playground experiences, they're misaligned. And then something begins to suffer. There's some deficit in the central nervous system as a result of that that may not manifest itself for years. And it could be learning problems, speech problems, hearing problems. It could be immune system problems, which is why in one family, you got one person who's sick all the time and you got somebody else in the family that's never sick. Or it could lead to problems inside the brain, cardiopulmonary, cardiovascular, digestive, eliminated, immune system, skin, or just the ability to dream. Not, I don't mean nighttime dreams, but to dream of improving one's own life and the things that are necessary to move forward and, and conquer the resistances that are holding us back. Yes, and all my children were horribly misaligned because they were all C-section. So with the C-section, they pull you out by the head instead of having the pressure of yeah the normal uterine pressure. contractions that are going to push you out and push on your head you're being pulled out by your head and they give what you called it as a hanging injury they usually get a hanging injury and that would kill an adult what they do to a baby but babies are so pliable well, they're so gristly the very top part of their structure is all gristle the top bone in a baby isn't even fully solid bone till they're six years old. But then, you know, you wonder if what it does do, because there's all these SIDS babies, sudden infant death, that, you know, my um, brother, in fact, had a baby, that brand new baby that kept stop breathing. It, it would stop, she would stop breathing, and you went over and corrected this little baby, and it never happened again. I mean, this was wrecking their lives. They yes. had her hooked up to all these monitors. They were not getting any sleep. They were getting up every second thinking she wasn't breathing. They were shaking her, all these things. And after you corrected her, I remember looking as she laid on the table, and she just splayed out her arms and her legs and fell asleep. Yes. It was beautiful. I mean, what baby does that? They always curl up. And she had this very... Oh, what's the term for that? When they're just laid out with their arms out. I'm doing it, but you can't see it on the podcast. And and she slept for about, I don't know, half an hour or so. And she never had the problem again. Now, you can't say, wow, you did that. That's that's the problem with preventative care. Well, I'll say I did that. Yeah, well, you would. I'll say sure. I did that because of causality. Yeah. Of the simple cause so you, and effect. So you wonder with these C-section babies, you know, they pull them out and they grow up crooked. If or and maybe they don't. Maybe they are sudden infant deaths. You don't know. But or to scoliosis. Have, to have a misaligned from birth, and so all of my babies were very misaligned. Um, every one of them, and I had them up to age I don't know seventeen. I think when I married you, fifteen. I'm yeah. not sure. And um, as I said, my one daughter had the endometriosis problems well, there was this there was this family okay. from the southern part of the state five mm-hmm. four five hour drive away uh, utah's kind of big and they their baby had something that's called plagiocephalic torticollis which means uh one side of the head it was a two-year-old baby the plates of the of the skull were kind of frozen on one side and the other side expanding out yeah i've seen this <clears throat> so that the the one side of the head was bigger than the other mm-hmm. And the head was twisted and turned towards the shoulder. That was the torticollis part. 
And so they brought him by for me to see this baby. And I, you know, I said, I don't know, you know, this is, this is back in the beginning of my practice. And I, you know, still learning. Of course, I'm still learning now. And I said, well, I'll give it a try. So I, I took some pictures. I worked on the baby. I had a pretty bad misalignment. And I worked on the baby. Four hours later, they call from St. George. They'd driven back. They had driven back. Four hours later, they called from St. George and said, his head is normal. That fast. That fast. I had a hard time believing that. They called. We just wanted to call you and tell you something opened up on the side of his head and his head is normal. Well, the um, uh, temporalis muscle that's on the side of the skull can get very spastic, very tight, and it's attached to the plates. And that may have been what was keeping the plates. You know, if I had the kind of money Jerry's kids gets every Labor Day weekend for muscular dystrophy, I could probably have answers for that. Well, so those kids that you see in the grocery stores with uh, helmets, helmets on. You know, what am I supposed Am I supposed to pass out cards? I, I don't mean, know. You know, you, you look at this and I know I can help that child. And the mother, well, you're a chiropractor. What's that got to do with this? His yeah. pediatrician says he's got to wear this helmet. And, and they can't listen to this no. podcast. You guys out there need to tell. That you need to get this forbidden information out there because they didn't refer to chiropractors, going back to my brother. They yes. didn't refer for years and years. And you know, my brother has never stepped foot in our office. Almost all your other siblings. Almost. Have. But not him. But he has Or his family. Or his family. Yeah. Yeah, well. There's a 60-year-old migraine sufferer up in the northern part of Idaho. It's a five-hour drive. Well, you and have people fly from heard, all over the world. Well, that's true. A five-hour drive is not unusual in our clinic. And he, he had suffered migraines for 35 years. <clears throat> He'd heard about us, and, and I think it was his wife that drug him in. Before he got home, his five-hour drive, his migraine had ceased. He, was, he had at least one a week for mm. 35 years. Wow. I added, that's 1,800 migraines. Wow. And he just he says, that's it. That's my life. I'm just going to live with it. That's the way it is. I have taken care of at least 20 to 25 people from his county up in northern Idaho, right on the Montana border, um, because of that, who make that same drive down here. And I would see every week one or two of them coming down for that long drive. I mean, that's a whole day's experience, till the son of one of them went to school to learn what I do, Mm -hmm. opened up a practice in Idaho Falls. You know, and nothing against medicine, but what are they going to do? Put you on pain? Well, drugs. It's just yeah, one drug, my, my Triptans ex, yeah. or so, some other drug. My ex-husband used to be an administrator of a pain clinic, and they would, of course, it was drugs mostly, drugs, 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 but they would go in and shoot in cortisol. They would do Botox. They would do so many different things. They would go in and cut nerves. Yes, or they do ablation, nerve ablation, uh-huh. burn them, mm-hmm. radio frequency burning of nerves. And that's crisis care. <clears throat> and, you know. And they call me the quack. Yeah, kudos to the guy that, you know, didn't have that done, and he was just going to live with migraines. But I take, I take care of people with seizures, grandma, pedimol, children, adults. I've got people who, when they're holding their correction, their MS isn't so bad. They can get up and walk around. When they lose their correction, their MS puts them back in a wheelchair. Parkinson's. I, I'm thinking of this one lady so bad that she freezes up with paralysis so bad she can't walk, but when she's back in balance, she can walk on her own. She has to use a cane but she's independent and walking on her own. Ear infections, difficulty breathing, colic, diarrhea, constipation in early childhood, some of the things we were talking about, because all these things are regulated and controlled by the nervous system. And old age. Oh, you're just getting old. You can't walk anymore because you're just old. I watched this 85-year-old lady come in on a walker with her son, and she um, 
walked out. She just hobbled in on her walker and she threw her walker down the hallway and was r- walking around the couch, just going round and round and round. Yes. And the son said, you gave me back my mother. Yes. So there's her- another lady I've just got through taking care of from Mississippi, visited here during the winter months. Her chin was on her chest, Aww. 82 years old. Her chin mm-hmm. was on her chest and she couldn't see anything but people's feet. And at home, the TV was on the floor tipped upwards so that she could see what was on the TV screen. I think I worked on her about four or five times over a couple of months, and her head is back up. Her testimonials in our book of testimonials, and the last one she wrote, she actually sent a Christmas card here a couple months ago. And uh, just thank you so much. I'm holding my head up. I don't have any head pain. I don't have any neck pain. What happened to that that son that flew his mother from Norway? Oh, yeah. Uh, From... um, Is it Norway? From Belgium. Belgium, yeah, yes. Yeah, he flew his mother in she, from Belgium. She had, she had braids. It yes, was so cute. Yes. She was in her 80s, too, and she uh, she couldn't walk without severe, severe pain. I mean, it was one of these people that waddles to the right, to the left with each step, and they must waddle 100, 180 degrees. Yes, but you can't waddle. You have to keep your mouth on the mic. Oh, sorry. I was trying to mimic her waddling. And she, after her, I think her second correction, she was walking, standing upright. Now, she needed more work because there was tons of degeneration in there. And yeah. I saw her a few I more times. I needed to see her rebuild yes. her bones. Yes, but he yeah. flew her over here from, from uh, Brussels. Well, this is what you do. This is where you shine. This is yes. the most beautiful <clears throat> thing. And it's such a great compliment to nutrition. That's why we, you know, we feel like that is the foundational forbidden information you don't know about. If you get your structure straightened out, so there's no compression and your nervous system's working beautifully, then you get your gut healthy, go from the inside out, you've pretty much caught everything. Yes. Yes. Except structure, for the emotional. Structure underlies Might function. Might still need therapy. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> but stru- you may, you, Yeah, you may still tell dumb jokes, <laughs> but your body is going to function much better and you're going to live much longer. So go find a NUCA doctor. Um, we're not trying to promote our clinic specifically. This is an international podcast. So there's about 300 people that do this. There's only, well, I, as you said, 18 that are practicing yes. board certified. I only recommend a board certified doctor, but there are others who are good at this. Yeah, there are. There are those who've been doing it longer than I have, and I know they're good because they've worked on me, but they're not board certified. But that's what, the only one I recommend. But they're in Canada. They're all over Canada, all over the United States. There's one in London. Yes. And I think there's soon to be one in Rome. But um, nuca.org, N-U-C-C-A.org, or our websites, jackstockwell.com, forbiddendoctor.com, give you a lot more information. Yeah. So next week, we'll be back. We may talk about gallbladders next week. Thinking about that, because there is a way to stop gallbladder removal. And there's a doctor in New York who's doing it on a regular basis. So stay tuned for that, and we'll see you next week. All right. We'll see you all. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Forbidden Doctor podcast and Mary's and My Health Secrets. Now, here's where you can help us help mankind by giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really want to join Jimmy Moore, Bulletproof Executive, Lear Keith, and all the other revolutionaries in saving your families with the forbidden truth about self-healing. Please like us on Facebook and follow on Twitter at Forbidden Doctor. More information is available at ForbiddenDoctor.com or call us at 866-867-5070. We answer calls. These podcasts are provided for information only. The previous statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. 
Nothing that was said is intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.